Welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. I'm still laughing about something I almost said that was horrifically I, inappropriate, I mean, and then I caught myself. If you think about what it is, it's not. No. The phrasing of it is. The so phrasing. I saw a giant snail outside, and then I was, it made me think about, oh, I put, like, your secretions on my face. Yeah, and a it's face a mask It's a skincare board. thing. Mm-hmm. And Marin said... Come sit on my face. <laughs> but I didn't fully so, say it. I so just said, to come a, sit, and then you knew what I was going to say. We're, we're off to a great start. We're off to a great start. Um, what are you fangirling over this week? I, it's actually a continuation of last week. Oh, great. Okay. So I was pre-fangirling over, like, kind of the movie Us, but more about the press. Yes. And all the Lupita and the contact lenses and everything. Mm-hmm. But I saw the movie on Friday, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, okay. It's not a perfect movie. Okay. I do still have some questions after. It's Fair. not like, you know, it's not an open-ended movie, but yet it's not like we answered all, everything. You're going to have a lot of questions. Okay. Um, Lupita. Amazing. I cannot believe this is her first leading role in what? a film. How? What? Like, she won for supporting in 12 Years a Slave. All right, all right, all right. She is absolutely amazing. I know this is not your type of movie, but I thought it was very funny. Oh. Also a little scary. Okay. And with Lupita's acting, I feel like you might have to see it at some point. Like, if you can watch American Horror Story, you can watch this movie but for should sure. I, should I, like, wait till it's at my home? Yeah, so I, I feel for safer. Yeah, for me? Okay. You might want to wait. All right. But I loved it so much. I kind of want to see it again. Oh. Um, And... I almost started crying mid-movie Perfect. because I was I was just thinking about how important Jordan Peele will be. Yeah. He'll be like a director people talk about in documentaries and television specials, and I almost started crying. So. Yeah. And then you're like, here we are. It'll be go, going back to like Key and Peele, and then it'll be like, wait, what? Like, how did this all, yeah. how did this all come together to be oh. this? But Wow. And I love Key and Peele so much. So much. So wow. great. What about you? Oh man, I've had a I've had a little bit of a week. Uh, it was Eric's fortieth birthday. We had a little soiree. Mm, it was, was very there. fun. You were there. I learned a couple of just like amazing factoids. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been talking about. I'm sorry. I'm almost done with season two. I have one episode I'm left. I'm about halfway through now because you got ahead of me and I panicked. Yes. Right. So I had to step up my game. But I was speaking about it to a friend of the podcast, Rachna, who was on one of our early episodes, and I was mentioning a couple of things. To her and she's like, oh no, but I I know Andrew Savage well because my my husband plays in the poker game and I'm like, oh the, the poker game is in the show, and mm-hmm. then she mentioned that their children went to kindergarten together and then I wow. asked a question about a dead fish and she was like, how do you know that? And I'm like, cause it's in the show. I was like, is this your life and you don't know? And so we may be closer to I'm sorry than we we thought we were, uh, which I appreciated. Also learned that a friend used to get babysat by Parker Posey whose real name Missy. is Missy, and was a cheerleader, and I was completely floored. But also, yeah, I, you screamed across the room I yelled at, at you. I, ma- I made a motion and made you come over to me to hear about it. And then finally, I saw Jeff Goldblum. What a weekend. <laughs> eating pancakes with his two adorable children. With was the, his wife there? No. Hmm. He was just dadding out by himself with his two little kids with their curly mop top hair in a, one of the busiest restaurants on a, like a breakfast restaurant in LA. It was Marathon Sunday, so it was like kind of manic in there. And one of his kids started to have a meltdown and I almost intervened because I had like a like a noisemaker oh, thing. Oh, you should have. I know. Oh, but then this I was felt, a mistake. 
I know, but then I felt weird about it and, like, because I was just trying to, like, be a supporting no, mom. Jeff loves people. I, I felt like he did. And then same friend who was babysat by Parker Posey, her friend, like, manages the club where he does his jazz shows. So I think we're all going to go Hang on, we're again. talking about that later. <laughs> I think we're all going to go again. I think it'll be great. I want to go now. Everyone great. wants to go. Well. I want a hug. I want a Jeff Goldblum I, hug. When my friends and I left that show, we were like, ready to join this cult? Yeah. Whatever it is, sign me up. Also, he is 66 years old. He looks amazing. He is so cool. He's gotten much cooler in the past 10 years than he ever was. Oh, the, the conversation. His stylist yes. and his taste? Come on. Eric's whole 40th birthday was, the, was controlled by two conversations. One, <laughs> the coolness and, like, attractiveness of Jeff Goldblum, and then two, something I'm also kind of fangirling over, was The Dirt, the Motley Crue movie on Netflix. Which I still really need to see. Maybe I'll download it for my upcoming flight. It is not good, but kind of great. Everyone says it's a disaster. It's a disaster. And I must watch it. Right. I needed to, I did not know anything about Motley Crue, really, other than Tommy Lee. The weird thing is there's <laughs> no mention, well, there's two things that I knew about it. There's no mention of Pamela Anderson at all in the movie. And we get up to that point, And I'm like, how are we? But this was. What? You get up to Pamela you Anderson get Lee and you don't even talk about it? It was so crazy. And then two, anytime anyone would talk about it, I was like, I need to quickly time out because I, I saw Nikki Six at the Topanga Mall with his like teen daughters. But he was Nikki Six enough that me, not a fan of Motley Crue, knew who he was. And so I'm like, you're still rocking that Nikki Six. <laughs> Look, as a dad, like this is my this is my dad, Nikki Six. He legally changed his name to that. That's his name. I mean, it's a cool name. It's a pretty cool name. Yeah. But I was just the whole time I was like, what a weird 40th birthday party Eric's having. We're all talking about Jeff Goldblum and Nikki Six. I mean, what more could you want? I mean, it made Eric happy. He liked both those things, so it was fine. Yeah. But it was just like very strange. But all in all, it was like a very good, very good fangirling yeah. opportunity. Speaking of fangirling opportunities, mm-hmm. we got. An email Two. from Veronica. She's been she keeps us updated. She keeps love us it. on the know. I love it. But she had a very good celebrity sighting at a Sephora. Uh-huh. I'm so jealous. So Veronica saw Tia Career and snapped a very covert photo that we now have in our email <laughs> that I have zoomed in and out of so many times because she looks like a freaking rock star. She's wearing a leather jacket and like a yellow tinted sunglasses they're on her head she's looking great and I I just I feel like I need to go to the valley more because Mm -hmm. a lot of celebrities live in the valley because it's kind of like away and then you just see people at the Sephora and Studio City when when did this episode become about celebrity sightings I don't know coincidence always forever always always and forever yeah I also saw, like, some Dodgers, but I know you're not a... That's, those aren't people. You're not a sport. But I had this weird thought because there were two Dodgers that came into the restaurant. Same restaurant. That, so I, like, saw Jeff Goldblum then saw two Dodgers. And in L.A., everyone wears an L.A. Dodgers hat because it just says L.A. on it. And then I was thinking how strange that would be if you do play for the Dodgers and you just are walking around all the time and people are like, yeah, that's, that's my uniform. I mm. wear that to work. <laughs> like, it's got to be just, like... Kind of strange. Yeah, like If you probably. play for the Yankees, same thing. Sure. Weird. That was my thought. Okay. Do we have anything else we want to fangirl over, catch up on? Mm, I don't think so. I think we're finally ready to get in today's topic. Um, I mean, debatable still. I we, This is our Luke Perry tribute episode. 
Uh, it's been now what a month, roughly? Not even. Not a even. Whole month. So I don't think so. So we've done. We've kind of gone through. We're obviously going to touch on our nine hundred two one zero Buffy Riverdale, but I just want to do a, a quick little overview of Luke Perry. Okay. Because I wonder what percentage of people don't know that his name is not Luke Perry. Me. You? (laughs) (laughs) Natalie, number one. Uh, You mean his name's not Dylan McKay? It is not Dylan McKay. His given name is Coy, C-O-Y, Coy Luther. That's where the Luke comes from, I guess. Coy Luther Perry Third. That's a cool name. It's a pretty badass name, quite honestly. I believe... He his fiftieth birthday was like right when we started Fangirl Fridays, um, and so he was born October eleventh, nineteen sixty six. I believe that makes him a Libra, bless. Um, and he was born in Ohio. He's the second a Midwestern a Midwesterner. Like of course, um, his mother Anne was a homemaker. His father was Coy, Coy Luther Jr. was a steel worker. They got divorced when Luke was six. Um, his mom remarried, and so then he has a, a half sibling. Um, my favorite piece of little trivia here is that so he was raised in Fredericktown, Ohio. Okay. He was the school mascot, mm. <laughs> Freddie the Bird, of the Fredericktown. You have to have a lot of charisma to high be school. a school mascot. I think you do, and you also have to be able to tolerate heat. Yeah. Um, what was your mascot? A hornet. Oh. Yeah. What was yours? Bulldog. Oh. Most common mascot. Mm. Bulldogs. Yeah. yeah. Original. Uh, we always had this joke, or it was not really a joke, but people made it a joke about us that. We were hornets because wasp was too obvious because we were just like a bunch of ah, white kids. And that's I was like, a good ah. one. Yeah. Um, so in 1984, Luke Perry moves to L.A. to start acting. He had a couple of weird jobs. He worked at a doorknob factory. <laughs> Love that. Okay. It reminded me of Willy Wonka when like the dad works at the toothpaste cap factory, basically. I was oh. like, what a weird ass thing. But you got to make doorknobs. Yeah. Right. Um, and then he also worked at, like, a paving company. But then I was thinking, like, oh, we probably didn't wear a shirt a lot. Like, that probably was great. Um, and then he was in a <laughs> Twisted Sister. Your fantasy. That was my weird, like, fan fiction. Uh, he was in a Twisted Sister music video. Kind of love. And he he auditioned for over 250 roles before he landed his first soap opera roles. Um, he was on one episode of Loving, which is a show I've not mm-hmm. heard of, and 10 episodes of Another World. And then 1989 rolls around. He auditioned for Steve Sanders. How? Did not get it. How did he read the description of Steve Sanders and think me? And think me. This fits. I don't know. No. Yeah, and it was like, oh, and then he lost out to Ian Ziering. Of course he did. Yeah. Well, to be fair, he, like, Steve Sanders was going to be a series regular, mm-hmm. and Dylan McKay was not originally supposed to be a series regular. Right. But Luke Perry brought the charm. Brought the charm. And had that, like, bad boy mystery vibe happening. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we got to keep this kid in the show. Yeah. Or this full-grown man this in the show. Full-grown man. Yes. Yeah, so let's do the math, boys and girls. So in 1989, if he was born in 1966, he is 23 at the point... Where he becomes Dylan McKay, and they're like, what, 
16? Yeah. But he's not the oldest, right? Isn't oh, no. Andrea the oldest? She was, like, straight up 30 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when when they uh, started That's the why show. she had to leave the show at yeah. season five. Because I think she actually, like, lied about her age. And there's, like, did. a whole, like, SAG thing about it. Like, I don't know. Whatever. And that's why she runs SAG? That's <laughs> she, She's just trying to let people lie about their age. That's <laughs> really the lesson of this, of this Luke Perry episode. All right. So should we just, like, talk about Dylan McKay? Uh, yeah. I just want to talk about the Dylan McKay highlights over the often on 10 seasons mm-hmm. he appears. Right. Uh, season one, he starts out as Brandon's friend. Yes. But Brandon brings him over one day and Brenda, see, like he comes out of that car from under the car and yeah. then he takes a shower. Yeah. And there's that moment where Brenda thinks it's Brandon in the shower and yeah. all he does is like pull the shower curtain back uh-huh. and there's silence. Like they're just <laughs> staring at each other. Yeah. And that was the moment I was like, wow, Team Dylan already. Brandon, can't you ever shut the door? I mean, it's hot enough in here already. Sorry. Um, no, it's okay. Is that the same episode when she's like, I like your butt? I mean your bike. Is that the same episode? I think it might be. I think when it might she be has too. terrible hair. <laughs> yes. Because she tries to be cool. Anytime I watch the early seasons of 90210, I'm like, how did anyone think Brenda was attractive? Because she looks so budget. It's crazy that she dated Jason Priestley. Yes. Like I just I don't see it. I, that's not nice, but I don't understand it. Because then later, because she has bangs then, but then she gets better bangs and she looks very cool and like sleek. Well, she is supposed to be coming from the Midwest. So. I mean, rude. They, I know, they're from Minnesota. But then the town you have over for me. brother that's like a, a smoking babe. hot babe. <laughs> no, like <laughs> such a babe. With like a cool mullet. I'm... He made a mullet cool. It's like feathery he and it looks good. I don't know. mullet cool. That though, you are right. When Dylan McKay slides out from under that car, damn. Like all American yeah. girls and a decent amount of boys were like, well, shit. Yeah. Well, even before that, he there's an episode. I watched it when I was very sick. I was homesick. Um, where he has all these surfer friends and he invites Brandon to hang out with them, but they're yeah. trash. Yeah. Uh-huh. And... I don't know. There's this element where Dylan McKay's supposed to be like, I think I'm better than you, and I'm just like crazy and intellectual at the same time. Yeah. But it kind of falls out as soon as he and Brenda get together. Yeah. He's a man of mystery. That's it for becomes, sure. Once he and Brenda finally get together, it becomes more about daddy issues. Yeah. And because then... Jack McKay, Dylan McKay butt heads constantly. And mm-hmm. then as Brenda starts to bring Dylan home, the. The Walsh's. The Walsh father does not approve really either. No, Because he's, like, Walsh. trying to manage him. Yeah. I don't know, very overprotective. But then Brenda and Dylan hook up after the prom. There's a pregnancy scare. Is that the pot episode? Not the Mar- marijuana, but when he throws the pot down when then she runs away from him? I don't know if it's the same episode, Ugh. but I love that episode. Ugh. He's like, he breaks down over his dad and he's like, he gets me to uh-huh. me. He always gets to me. Mm-hmm. He breaks the pot and scares Brenda. Scares Brenda and she, she runs sprints away. away. Come yeah. On, damn it. Stop yelling at me. If you ever just see a gif of that scene, it's traumatic. Like, it's like, ugh. Like, I can hear it. It's a silent gif. I can hear it. It's terrifying. I mean, I don't want to jump ahead, but I have a list of tragedies for Dylan McKay. Number one, it reminds me of when his father 
dies. Yeah. In quotes. Quote unquote. His car explodes and he just screams, falling to the ground. My top three 90210 moments, oh, yeah. period. Almost all of my 90210 moments involve Dylan McKay. Um, yeah, like, may the bridges I burn light the way. Classic. Yeah. Well, after Brenda, he dates Kelly. I mean, not really triangle. after. Well, yeah. she went to Europe. Uh-huh. They, so they get together. There's a love triangle. Yeah. They were together for a decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then, finally, <laughs> Tony, Tony. Antonia... Which, um, Rebecca Gayhart. Rebecca Gayhart. Just living that <laughs> Neutrogena life, like, looking so beautiful. So he, Dylan's, like, trying to fight the man who planted the bomb in his dad's car and yeah. befriends the daughter, ultimately falling in love with her. Yeah, but he's trying to, like, get to that guy, too. Like, yeah. it's not necessarily— Oh, they don't get along. No, at first he's— Even not, at the wedding. It's a plot. It's a problem. Yeah, it's a plot. He's trying to, like, ruin this guy, yeah, Tony. Yeah, but then— but then he falls in love with Antonia. Then the dad has a hitman out to kill Dylan, but kills his own daughter. In that car. Dylan McKay can never have happiness. No. The rain? No. It, it, tough. He can't handle it. He can't handle it. He, like, that. became a paranoid alcoholic at some point. Yeah, his drug drinking phases are real tough. Yeah, and then, like, his half-sister came in oh, as a kid, and yeah. but he was played by those con artists. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. Then his wife dies. Then he leaves. Mm-hmm. And then he came back for season 10, which I haven't finished. I've never finished season 10. Why Let do me you tell think? you why. Okay. It was added to Hulu. I thought, this is finally my moment. Because I was getting, when I was watching 90210, I was getting the discs via Netflix. Oh, my gosh. In the Love. past. I was uh-huh. living in the past. Living in the past. And season 10 was finally added. And then I started watching it. And I realized... Either some episodes were missing or some were out of order. There was some something wrong. There was a disconnect. So I didn't feel like I could watch it because I wanted to watch it, like, all the way through. Mm-hmm. But what I learned, and I text you because it blew my mind, yeah. as someone who didn't finish, Jack was alive the entire time. Mm-hmm. When Dylan returns in season 10, a main storyline for him is to find his dad that was seen on television. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His dad was alive the whole time. The whole time. Uh, my thing about it is it's like, how much misery could we have avoided for Dylan if he knew that Jack was alive? Like, <laughs> there's so much pain and drinking and poor choices and just like... And it's all his fault. All his fault. And Jack has a new family. Yeah, of course he does. In his new life. Yeah, but real tough. everything's fine and he ends up with Kelly. What? I, sure. Wow. And, like, the whole point when he's gone, right, he's supposed to be with Brenda. Yeah. Yeah. They got together for some amount of time. They're, like, in London. Yeah. They both leave. They're, like, out of the country. Brenda's acting in London. (laughs) No. Here's the thing. (laughs) Brenda's not acting in London. Like, at a theater. I know. She's doing it. She's not. Like, we've all seen the show. She's not doing it. Yeah. No. Um, But he, on 90210, was the definition of just, like dreamy because he was like bad boy but vulnerable but attractive but had daddy issues like yeah, he was sensitive but tough rode a motorcycle and like 
Oh, just and he, that house. We're not talking enough about the house that he lives in. Oh, yeah. Like, he got to live alone. Yeah. Too. In like a beautiful craftsman. Like, I don't, where is he living in Beverly Hills? But it's just. <sighs> he was everything. Yeah. He was everything. My I loved him. I mean, sometimes I'm team Brandon over Dylan, but. Mm, I'm not. Like, I don't know. At the same time, how is that possible? It's not possible. I can't. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. So let's just take a little dip while it must be about season three, season two. Of 90210. And 90210 exploded. Like, the yeah. country lost its mind. It was a huge As it should. Hit. Yeah. Again, we had the ability for it to be a huge hit because there were, no joke, 37 episodes a season, at which each have, like, four storylines. So it was, everyone got very invested. But Luke Perry makes a lovely little movie called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That soul patch? Question mark? First of all, his name is Pike. Um, that's his character's name. Like, just a bunch of hot names. You wouldn't think that, like, Pike is, like, a hot name, but then you look at him and you watch the movie and you're like, oh, yeah, do I need to date a Pike? Yeah. So the movie um, was shot over five weeks because of the 90210 schedule. Mm -hmm. So, like, he couldn't be gone that long. Um, I read the New York Times review from 1992. Not terrible. They did not hate it. The movie is not— It's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's like a— 60% 60% fresh on, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. The thing is, though, it was written by Joss Whedon. So Joss Whedon, who does all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. and I was reading an article, and it's like, if you know Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the show, and then you go back and watch the movie, most people's interpretation is that the director grossly misunderstood the script. Interesting. Yeah. And typically with movies, the writer is gone. So the writer doesn't have like a ton of input. It then becomes the director's thing. And it's a little bit of a mess, the movie is. Um, but it's just like this was not Joss Whedon's vision. And his vision becomes actual Buffy the oh, Vampire okay. show. Although I really enjoy the movie. I love I love the movie. Um, so, But I was reading a very interesting IndieWire article that was written recently after Luke Perry passed away. And it's talking about how Pike or Luke's Perry, Luke Perry's portrayal of him is a very um, sort of advanced. It's like it feels very modern. Um, and I have a couple of quotes. So as the romantic interest for Buffy, Perry's character rewrites romantic comedy history as the male lead who's not the film's lead, a man who changes himself to better serve his beloved and doesn't feel threatened by her strength. Um, which I thought was interesting. And then it said, went on to say, looking back 27 years ago, positioning the young male lead, especially one who happened to be burning up television screens, as the supportive sidekick to an ass-kicking female hero seems downright revolutionary. And Perry's innate decency and good humor made Pike believable in the role. When Pike and Buffy dance together, the dialogue captures a relationship between equals, the sort of power balance that even today feels like a rarity on screen. And I was just like... Was so smart. Uh, when they're dancing and she's wearing the leather jacket. Yeah. I love. Well, and that dialogue, is it actually goes like this. Suppose you want to lead, he says. No, she replies. Me either, he says. And together they start to sway. This is a good thing, she says. And they're just like on so equal. So cheesy. I know, so cheesy. But they're just on like equal footing. And also they've just killed a bunch of vampires. And like he's helping her. And Paul Rubens was there. But Paul Rubens was there. And they even talked about the show, like the key art for the movie. It's her. And he's like behind her popping yeah. out like it's, very much. It's not like, his movie. It is not his movie. Um, and he was like the babe. Christy Swanson posted on Instagram a picture of the two of them. And then Jason Priestley visited the set. Mm-hmm. And it's an adorable photo. I love this. So tragic. 
Um, you watch Riverdale. I do. How do we feel? I remember when, like, Riverdale was coming out, and the fact that Luke Perry was on it was, like, one of the reasons I needed to watch it. Have I watched it? No. No. But it was just like, wait, what? I mean, I was a little torn and, like, thrown by the fact that we were at a point in our lives where Luke Perry was playing a dad mm-hmm. to, like, teens. Um, <laughs> so that's a little disconcerting. Well, just Molly Ringwald's his separated wife. I mean, I know. But it's just, like, that was hard for me. That was a hard pill to swallow. But talk to us about... Uh, Fred, okay. Fred Andrews. Fred Andrews is Archie's dad mm-hmm. in Riverdale. Okay. And what I think Riverdale does a great job of, maybe it did this on purpose, maybe it did not, but I think what it took was what they knew about Luke Perry as an actual person. Okay. Because you know how everyone's like, he was the best, he's the nicest guy. Yeah. They took that and just threw it into a world of 90210 murderous drama. Okay. So he's, like, the most beloved parent okay. in Riverdale. Uh-huh. All the kids like to hang out with him. Much like Dylan McKay, full of tragedy. What is it? We'll talk about it. But what is it about Luke Perry that's, like, he can just handle it, I guess? Yeah, maybe that's it. He's uh-huh. just strong. Like, you can go through it. It's so fine. strong. Yeah, we believe so it. So he is separated from his wife, Molly Ringwald. Okay. She has a name, but I'm, it's only Molly Ringwald Molly to Ringwald. me. Mm-hmm. He got shot oh, by the Black Hood and survived. Okay. He runs for mayor. Of the town he loves and loses. What? Who beats him? <laughs> um, Veronica's mom. Oh. What? Hermione Lodge. Her name is Hermione? Yes. I feel that like that was taken by Harry Potter. Continue. Um, this is Riverdale's a different world. <laughs> How many Hermione's do you know in real life? Zero. Zero. Right. Exactly. How many do I need to know? Zero. <laughs> But he's just, like, the best character. You, I, What I personally loved is watching his forehead wrinkles. Yes! Because he just, he was very, like, he had a big forehead. Expressive. Exact, yeah, mm-hmm. expressive, which showed in 90210, and then you see it, like, how it aged yeah. in Riverdale. Uh-huh. And there's an episode where all the kids play their parents in a flashback episode. And K.J. Appa, who plays Archie, is, like, really working the forehead. Uh And I loved it. You were, like, good. You were, like, nailed it. But all of those kids admired him so much. Right. And the cast loved him so much. And they've actually shut down production. Oh, really? Um, I'm not sure if they're, like back in Mm -hmm. but they shut it down after he passed and i'm not sure what they're gonna do with his character because he got shot already and survived like what can happen right are they just gonna try to phase it out right um i don't know because there must have been some episodes in the in the can you know so it's like if they were able to shut down production yeah like they're gonna finish this season yeah that i think finishes in the next couple weeks and then they're already working on the next so i'm not sure how they're gonna change everything and archie (laughs) Sidebar about Riverdale. Archie's the hottest mess that ever existed, and yeah. he just needs to, like, go away because uh-huh. everything bad has happened to him in two and a half seasons. Yeah. <laughs> and now he, like, he could not handle the passing of his dad. Like, right. I don't know how they're going to write this in. Interesting. And you need Archie to have Riverdale. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's kind of a thing. Um, I bet, too, if you're the kids on Riverdale, right, because it's such a phenomenon, and 
you literally have a person who's standing in front of you who has gone through this gauntlet of like young fame and just like mania. I was reading all these things about how, you know, because a mall tour was a real big thing in the Mm -hmm. 80s and 90s. And they would have to get rushed out of there after like 30 seconds because they would get bum rushed by like 10,000 screaming girls. And it's just like if you can go through that. And still be a wonderful, lovely, sort of seemingly unaffected down person. Down person. Yeah, who just wants to, like, do your craft. I hate that term, but you know what I mean. Who just wants to do his job well and then hang out at his home in Tennessee with his dogs. Yeah. And, like, seemed, you know, and he was married. He had children. He is, you know, was engaged. It seemed like everyone kind of was together, you know, at his untimely deathbed. Um, but it... It has to be very um, comforting as someone who's trying to deal with all the like pressures of fame to be like, okay, I can turn out to be a totally normal dude, even though this insane situation is happening to me right now. Um, I just think he was such a good example and someone that you like never heard shit about. No, and then, I mean, unfortunately we have to hear it after he dies, but mm-hmm. all the good stories that have come through, whether Completely. it be like celebrities or just fans who have met him, right? they're all so great. Right. I, um, it really, I'm still not fully, I haven't read all of the stuff because I can't, every once in a while I'll dip into like the hashtag or I'll like kind of dive down on Instagram just mm-hmm. to like see what I missed. But it just feels weird. It feels weirder what's, to me than anything what's else. What's absolutely disgusting is that fans tracked down his daughter and they were commenting on photos like, you're not mourning enough. Why? People mourn differently. Yeah. And why are you <laughs> telling someone's child yeah. how to deal with the loss of their dad? A lot of very similar things happened to Robin Williams' daughter. And she was like, she had to like bounce out. She was just like, I yeah. can't, I can't handle all of you people. And just like, what a weird reaction. Like, what, what is the appropriate response to someone's no, death? No, and like, so you and I are fans, sure, and we're upset right. about it. But we're not. Even these fans that are commenting on there, they're not crying at home all day about no. it. No, right. It's <laughs> it's a very strange reaction. I and mean, people were all over Jenny Garth because she had posted a photo of her daughters before she, like, posted anything about him. And it was just like, guys, you know, and it also has to be a weird thing because 90210 has been off the air for 20 years almost. Mm-hmm. Like, it's obviously a very large part of all of those people's lives and the the main thing that they're all famous for. But you also don't know, like if you really think about it, it's like in 20 years, am I going to be like super remorseful or mournful over like any of my old coworkers? If you really think about it like yeah. that. And yes, you like made something together and you made something that people love. But Are it's you like, talking about me directly? Yes, I'm talking <laughs> to you right now. I'm saying we're not going to be friends in 20 years and I'm not going to be sad when you die. Cool. <laughs> Stuck a turn that I wasn't anticipating. But it's just like you don't know the behind the scenes. Like just because we all love them collectively doesn't mean that that's the case. And that's also okay. Yeah. Everyone calm down. Like Leave yeah. people alone. Um, you mentioned Jenny Garth, which reminded me they are doing that 90210 yes. revival this mm-hmm. summer on Fox, right? It's Fox? Yes. Um, I'm concerned. But, well, I read that Luke Perry wasn't attached to this reboot to begin with. Right. So I don't think it'll affect the show itself okay. much. But also still worried about how the show's going to go down yes. in general. Very worried about it. Yeah. 
So in summary, what do you feel like is sort of Luke Perry's legacy? I don't want to say Dylan McKay. But I think you have to. straight up Dylan McKay. Right. But it's just like teen soaps and being a genuine person. That's my takeaway of Luke Perry. Yeah. But in the greatest way. Yeah, I think he, the reason why he continued to be so impactful or like affecting of people is that he, though incredibly attractive, was very relatable. Mm-hmm. And you were kind of like, oh, he has all of the, like in the show, and none of you know, you know, like, he's a millionaire. He's so attractive. Like girls lose their shit over him all the time. And it's still not enough. Like he still has all of these horrible things happen to him. And I think there's some level of relatability where people are like, connected with him in a very sort of real way, regardless of whatever role that was. And that's what I appreciated about him. I know. What a bummer. What a bummer episode. But at least it's fun because it's like you have all this content. We have all the tragedies to talk about. We have all the tragedies. We can dip back in anytime (laughs) we want. Um, And, you know, and they're still... They're still very relatable. Watching yeah. 90210 is still... Go back and watch it. It is on Hulu. Maybe some episodes are missing. <laughs> Maybe, but... but I know for it. a fact, like, at least the, you get most of the first season in there. Right. Okay. Well, that's our episode for this week. I believe we are going to take a short little break because we're going on spring break. Yep. Not, Annual spring break. Annual spring break. Again, not together, sadly. Um, so we will be back in a couple of weeks. But if you have any questions, if you want to share your Luke Perry yeah, memories. Yeah, did you meet Luke Perry? Oh, God. It was always tell us. It was always my dream to see all of the members of 90210. It won't happen. Like a, like a bingo game? Kind of. I have four. Wow. I know. <laughs> I have genuine. I might have five if I really think about it. Let's go. Let's quickly recap. I have Ian Ziering. Where and where? I saw him on the street on Crescent Heights and Third, just like in his car or like getting out of his car with a child. Great. Tori Spelling at the Grove. Mm -hmm. Tiffany Amber Thiessen at her house. Um, And then I saw. Oh, I saw um, Shannon Doherty at the Us Weekly Hot in Hollywood party. Great. That's it. Okay. Do you have any? No. Oh. No. I'm sorry. Now I'm like deep I know. into thought. Now I'm no, kind of feeling like I saw Brian Austin Green, but I can't remember. I'm going to have to consult my mm-hmm. list. Jason Priestley, though. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you at? All right, guys. So send us an email, hellofangirls at gmail.com, or find us on social. So until next week, bye. bye.